Welcome to The Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mom of six kids, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Payne Show. Today's topic is one that, y'all, I feel like so many of us, we need these words. We need to be reminded of the things that we are going to discuss when life feels heavy, when our hearts are weary, when we get information that is just a huge disappointment or something that just feels like a gut punch. I have Katie Ferris in studio today. She is the author of God is Still Good, Gospel Hope and Comfort for the Unexpected Sorrows of Motherhood. And she is just going to bring encouragement to you, whether you're a mom or whether you are not a mom, whether you are maybe you're a guy, whatever, wherever you are in life, I believe that the words that she's going to share are going to encourage you so much in the midst of the heart that God is still good. So Katie, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, Crystal, thank you for having me. I've really been looking forward to this conversation. I'd love for you to just start by telling us a little bit about your family. Yes, um, I am a mom of five kids. Right now, my youngest is almost six years old and my oldest is 16. And in New Jersey, that means that he has his driver's permit. And so when he turns 17, he has a driver's test. So that is a whole new world for me in terms of trusting God in motherhood. But uh, yeah, we have five kids. So it's three boys and then two girls. And uh, my husband, Scott, and I are so grateful for the gift of parenthood. We love being parents. We knew even before we were married that we wanted to have a family if God allowed that. And yet, as wonderful as motherhood is, as much as we love it, you know, I have just learned over the years that motherhood comes as a full package. It's both. It's joy. And it's also sorrow. There is a way we love our kids like nothing else. And there's a way that we hurt with our kids and for our kids like we do for nothing else. And so as wonderful as it has been to receive this gift of motherhood and be a mom, there have definitely been some really hard days on our journey and uh, not just hard days, but hard seasons. Um One of those was when uh, we had four kids at the time. They were seven, five, two and a half, and then I had a newborn. And my two and a half got um, really sick, and he was on medicine. He had high fevers. Nothing seemed to really be bringing the fever down. We were concerned, so I took him back to his pediatrician after a weekend of alternating between different medications. And she, uh, you know, checked him out just like, you know, a pediatrician would do when you take a child in for a sick visit. And as she palpitated his liver, she's like, oh, his liver is swollen. And it was one of those moments of, um, you know, just, I, I don't, I want to say surprise, it's shock. It's just, it's not one of those things that you're expecting to hear. And she told us um, that we needed to, 
uh, drive him to the nearest children's hospital and uh, just leave her office and go to the ER. It was rush hour traffic. Traffic was slow. And I just remember being in the car as my husband was driving. We had our newborn with us because I was breastfeeding at the time and had to bring her everywhere with us. And um, I just remember that drive. You know, it was a mixture of prayer and then texting friends from church and family, just asking them to join us in prayer for our son, just not knowing what we were going to find. They did a bunch of blood tests and, um, you know, we're in the hospital and my husband uh, looks at me as we actually were able to leave that evening. And he just looked at me and he was saying, you know, we get to go home, but there's so many other families that don't right now. And uh, we were so grateful that we were given the go-ahead to go home um, and just continue caring for our child at home. But that began a series of medical tests that led to the diagnosis of that child with a condition that I, you know, had never heard before. So, you know, I needed to write it down so I would know how to pronounce it. It was called alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency. And uh, it can be serious in children Uh, A small percentage of children can have really serious impacts from it. But uh, as I began to learn about this condition, realized that uh, the serious impacts tend to happen over time. So not only were we being handed this diagnosis with a condition that, you know, we didn't really know much about, but we were being handed an unknown future for our child And because this was a genetic condition, uh, the encouragement that we followed was to test our entire family. And as I already mentioned, we had four children at the time. And I remember the day that the pediatrician called me on the phone. I remember sitting at my dining room table with my phone and just, again, that shock as he told me, Katie, this is one of the hardest phone calls I've ever had to make as a doctor. Two more of your children have this condition. Two more of your children have alpha one. And it was like my whole world just froze in that moment. And I didn't know what to do except call my husband who was at work and just ask him to come home. Cause I felt like we had our life before that phone call And we were going to have a life after that phone call. But that was a pivotal moment in our family. And I wanted my husband with me. He came home as quickly as he could. And we had a front porch. The kids were playing inside. I don't know. Maybe the baby was napping. I don't remember. I just remember it was just the two of us on this double-seated glider um, we had on our front porch. And my husband and I just held each other. And we wept together. And, um, you know, we were Christians. We had both grown up in families where we had learned about the Lord. We had grown up reading the Bible. We had heard the gospel. Um, And in that moment, by God's grace, we recognized together there was no one else who could answer our questions, not even the doctors. No one else knew what the future was going to hold for our family. No one else could tell us how to do this well. Uh, No one else 
I mean, we didn't even understand this condition. There wasn't somebody else who could step in and kind of walk us through this. And the only place we knew to go was to the Lord. And so together on that glider, we just bowed our heads and we cried and we prayed and we just asked God to be part of this. Um, I mean, I can't remember my words word for word or Scott's prayer either, but we just invited the Lord to somehow take this situation and this scenario and not to waste it, to make something good out of it, to do what we couldn't, we didn't even know how to pray, what to ask him to do, but just asking him to do something with it, to make good out of it and to meet us in it. And I think it really was just a moment of like, before we even have time to second guess ourselves, we just want to surrender this to the Lord. And then we knew we just had to go back inside the house and we had to do the next thing. We had to make dinner for our kids. We had to get them ready for bed and um, just jump into our routine, knowing that life as we knew it was never going to be exactly the same. And in the season following that time, you know, we added new medications, we added uh, new specialists, we started navigating, um, you know, I just, for any moms who are listening who have navigated, I mean, I know you have Crystal, who've navigated like different um, hospital systems, you know, it took me a while sometimes even to figure out how to get the right number for the right doctor's appointment in the right location. Um, you know, I've shown up at the wrong office thinking I'm ahead of time and then had to like drive to a next a different location because I just mixed up a piece of it. Um, so just navigating that system, you know, interacting, engaging with doctors in a way I'd never anticipated um, having that be part of our life. And so that is a piece of our family's life that I never expected. And uh, at this point, um, you know, when we can talk more, whatever direction you want to go, but, you know, we're kind of at a different place than we were at that time of diagnosis. But, you know, just as that was unexpected, it was an unexpected part of our family story, our journey, I take comfort in knowing that it wasn't a surprise to God. He wasn't caught off guard by any of that. And I think just as I've been surprised by those circumstances, I've also been amazed at how God has been faithful and how he's been good to us through this side of our journey. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of an insight into our family. And then it's another story, but, um, you know, we didn't think we were going to have any more children after that point. And the Lord just really, you know, through a series of different events, um, he put on our heart uh, to even consider that. And so the Lord added another daughter to our family, even after that diagnosis. So we went from four to five and uh, yeah, thanks. So I, I thought, you started out with talking about how your son is getting ready to get his driver's license. And that is one of the best pictures that I can give of what it truly looks like to release control. Um, our 18-year-old, she's been driving for quite a while, but our 15-year-old is learning to drive. And I have been, I took her out driving twice this week. And I, you just, you're literally letting go. Like you have no, there's no brake pedal. You wish you had one on your <laughs> side. You were at the mercy of 
their decision making in a sense. And it's so good, even though it's so hard, because you just have to let go. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking as you were telling your story of what a picture of that is, of how so often as moms, like we want to control our mm-hmm. kids, their current and their futures, you know? And it's like, why do we uh, create these chore systems and like, <laughs> you know, feed them organic food and do these things that we do and get them, you know, in the best schools and the best academic programs or whatever it is? Because in a sense, we think that we can control when we can't, like the future is unknown, but you are living and walking on a daily basis, knowing there are so many unknowns. And um, how have you processed that? You know, you talked about God being good, but I feel like there are a lot of people who would hear your story and think that doesn't sound like a good God. Did you have times when you really struggled with believing that God was good in this? And how have you wrestled through doubts that you've had or struggles to accept this and receive this and believe that God is good? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. And I think if I've learned, you know, I'm slow to say I've actually learned something because there's so much I'm still learning in all of this. So I think one thing that I've learned is that trials and challenges in motherhood, just like trials in any part of life, they don't travel by themselves. So along with the trial, you have questions. (laughs) Like you're talking questions about God's character, questions about um, just who he is and what he does and why he does what he does. And uh, along with, you know, those questions, travel temptations, temptations to not just question, which I think there is a legitimate place for asking questions. Lots of people in the Bible ask lots of different questions, but I think the temptation is for our hearts to somehow, you know, take that and then start to accuse God or um, doubt him, uh, So we can take those temptations different ways. And uh, sometimes it can be subtle too. Sometimes it's not a conscious like, well, I don't trust God anymore. But sometimes it's just instead of turning to God for hope or for comfort, uh, I think the temptation can be to turn to other things, uh, to try to um, dull the pain or just help us get through something. Um, So yes, I mean, I think, From the get-go, there have been lots of questions that I've asked. Um, There have been lots of temptations. And I would say it's not so much been me, you know, holding on to God as it really has been God keeping me through this. Um, And he's done that a number of different ways, you know, through my husband, through uh, dear sisters in Christ who have, you know, come alongside to support me and pray for me and make meals at different times and encourage me. So being part of a body of believers. um, But I think really it's not been a particular person. It hasn't been like a go-to book. It really has been, I mean, like another go-to book, it really has been God's word. And we're, 
um, you know, even in the beginning when life was really full and there wasn't time for extensive Bible study or um, meeting up with other people, you know, in that season of my son's initial illness, this was before COVID, you know, we kind of had a self self-ordained quarantine because we couldn't go to church for several weeks as we were waiting for him to recover and trying to figure everything out. So in many ways, it was a very quiet season. But um, even in that time, you know, the Lord was speaking to me through his word. And I started uh, a go-to Bible list of, of Bible verses so that even if I didn't have time to read an extensive chunk of scripture, I could go to my page and I could find, okay, here's a verse to just hold on to about trusting God today, about the hope that he offers today. And uh, that really was helpful for me in that season. And I think beyond that, just continuing to feed myself with God's word has really made a difference in guarding and protecting my heart because my natural inclination, my feelings are going to lead to fear. They're going to lead to anxiety. I mean, they do lead those places and my feelings will tend to speak to the rest of life. And I need something more than my feelings. I need God's truth to map onto my feelings in that. And so for me, it's really sometimes been a matter of like, I feel like this isn't very good and it's really not very good. But the Bible tells me, the Lord tells me in his word that he is good. And then he shows me what his goodness looks like. And it might not match my definition of everything looking a certain way in my life, but I want that to speak to me. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. If you've heard me talk at all over the last few years, you know that I went through a season where I had very severe seasonal allergies and it took me a while to figure out what was triggering it and it was debilitating. If you've ever suffered from this, I actually had my polyps got really swollen in my nose and then I got chronic rhinitis so I could not smell out of my nose. And not only that, but I would have these really awful headaches, the kind that just kept me from being able to enjoy my life. And I started going to an ENT, and one of the things that he recommended was Claritin D. And so for a time period, I took Claritin, and it was such a help to me. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. It works so well. I am a living testament to how well it works. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. So if you've ever suffered from seasonal allergies, if you can relate to kind of some of the things that I have experienced and you want some relief... I highly recommend checking out Claritin D. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. 
Use as directed. Amwar makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Amwar, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for new-to-use styles. Now, I mentioned on the podcast recently that I have been pregnant or breastfeeding for four and a half years, and that season of my life came to a close recently, and I was like, I forgot I can wear normal clothes again that don't need to be breastfeeding friendly or constantly changing in sizes with a postpartum body. And so now I'm left with trying to figure out, well, what do I wear? What is my style? I can't even remember. And styles have changed so much in the last few years. And so I've been having fun experimenting with different types of clothing. And I love that Amoir has allowed me to try some different styles of jeans and kind of step outside my comfort zone and figure out what I love, what works for my body type, and to not have spent money on things that I was like, "Mm, actually, this doesn't work after I wore it a few times and realized I don't really like it. And so it's been a great opportunity for me to try out some new things and help me to define my personal style. And I also love that the style quiz, the different suggestions that they gave after I took the style quiz, it was right in line with what I would want to wear. And so I have just loved this service and I would love for you to get to try it out and get a great deal. Right now, my listeners can give Amwar a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit amwar.style forward slash crystal. That is amwar.style A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash crystal to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Amoir today. This episode is sponsored by Byheart, and I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in, and all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? 
Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. I love one of the things that you talk about in your book is how our suffering doesn't define us. Our relationship with our heavenly father does and how having that focus has been so instrumental in your life. How do you keep that focus on a daily basis to place your hope in Christ's finished work on the cross and have Mm. him be your identity instead of, I think it would be easy with three children who have, you know, significant things that you're having to really walk through and think through and prepare for and all of that. Um, What does that look like for you? Yeah. I'm going to step back because here, this really is where it's not just me. It's me and my husband Mm -hmm. and bring Scott back into this. And uh, we decided very early in our marriage, we'd been given this counsel from other godly couples. We decided that we were going to end our day every day praying together. Mm -hmm. And so that was a habit that had already formed. So when this happened, you know, when we became aware of our children's diagnosis, we already had that habit in place. And that was um, a comfort because, you know, my husband and I, we were doing this, we were in this together with the Lord. And uh, just this time that was already set aside to pray together every night, it's just those prayers became something different. They became maybe something more as we were praying for different things. uh, And God was growing us together in that time. So, You know, that was one thing that the Lord had in place that has been really helpful. And then again, there was already a habit of setting aside time in the morning to read God's word. So again, in that busy season, it was shorter. (laughs) It was not um, very, not only shorter, it was not very like, in depth. (laughs) But again, it was that priority of, I'm going to start this day in God's word, remembering who he is, remembering who I am as loved by him. And as you talked about with the gospel, you know, there's, um, sometimes people talk about preaching the gospel to ourselves, being reminded of the gospel every day, you know, as hard as the situation is, it's not my worst problem. You know, my sin is, and that's already been forgiven. That's already been dealt with at the cross by Jesus. There's nothing that I can do to further earn his love or his salvation. That's already been done. And so even this difficult situation doesn't change how God views me. It doesn't change my standing before him. And when I'm tempted to slip into uh, a victim mentality in my situation, which I am, it the gospel really anchors me to my primary identity, as you said, is being God's beloved daughter. That's who I am. I'm all these other things. And, um, I'm a mom to kids with significant health issues, but 
foremost, how God sees me is I'm his daughter. And with that comes all these blessings. I can pour out my heart to him, whether it's in the morning or, you know, before bed with my husband, or it's just all day long as I'm in the car or when I open my laptop and I see the new lab results are ready to be viewed. Um, you know, I have access to my heavenly father. I don't walk this journey alone. Um, and that really makes all the difference. My heart goes out to women who are feeling hopeless and walking through hard situations. And, you know, we've talked about this already, Crystal, like those situations can be so varied. It could be a medical diagnosis, but it could be so many other things. And, you know, someone listening might also say, oh, well, my suffering isn't as significant as hers is, or they're the opposite could also be true. Like, oh, mine is so much worse than hers. Um, We can be tempted to compare that way. But at the end of the day, you know, it does matter. Maybe that's the other way of looking at it. It totally matters to God. No matter how we measure it, our suffering matters to the Lord. And He cares about us in it. He's catching all our tears. He sees it all. He sees all of our tossings at night when we can't fall asleep. Like he sees all of it. He hears all of our prayers and he cares about all of us in all of it as we bring those things to him. So the gospels made a whole difference in how I've walked through this. I love how you talked about how you had these habits in place already. You didn't know when you set those habits up how vital they were going to be to you. And I was just thinking for anyone who is listening who maybe you don't have things like that in place, where you don't have regular time in God's Word, where you're really deepening your relationship with Him or praying with your spouse or just praying individually, these things are going to be your foundation when life shakes you, because there will be things in your future. If right now you're not experiencing something like that, you are going to have things in your future that are going to shake up your foundation. And if you don't have that foundation that is set on the solid rock, it's going to be really hard to navigate those difficult waters. So I love that. I also loved how you just brought it back to the truth of who God is and just looking to him and his faithfulness. And one thing that um, you talk about in the book is how he didn't bulldoze through grief on the way to grace. And you share the story of when Lazarus dies and Jesus goes and he weeps, Mm -hmm. even though he knows that he is going to raise him back to life. He stops to weep and I just studied this passage recently and it was just talking about how it it appears like it's because his heart was so moved for the people and how in our grief, like we don't need to, like you said, bulldoze through our grief on the way to grace and that it's okay to stay there in that space and allow ourselves to really feel and to grieve because Jesus did as well. And I know that Mother's Day is this coming week and there are a lot of women listening right now who life hasn't panned out like they had hoped. Um, You know, this book is God is still good gospel, hope and comfort for the unexpected sorrows of motherhood. And I have a feeling there are some women listening who they would love to be moms and that hasn't panned out for them. Maybe they've 
are still single and they have hoped for years to be married or they are married and they've hoped for years to have a baby. Um, maybe their adoption recently fell through or um, they were fostering and their child was recently reunified. Um, maybe they're dealing with secondary infertility or maybe just they are dealing with a wayward child or their child is estranged from them or the, the relationship is really hard right now or they're dealing with something like you where it's like children who have these significant medical needs and they're going to have them for the rest of their lives, whatever it is. I would love for you to just, as we close, for you to speak to that woman who just needs that encouragement, that hope of the gospel, and just encourage her heart as she looks to Mother's Day. And maybe she just is like, I don't even, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to think about Mother's Day. Like my heart is just so broken right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my heart goes out to that mom as well. And, you know, if she were sitting in this room with me, I know I would really just want to weigh my words. You know, I would want to just come alongside and say, I'm so sorry, you know, and give her time to weep and share her story and listen to her. Um, and I wouldn't want to go too quickly through that. Um, and I think even of some women who would read my book, you know, the first few chapters, you might just need to stay there for a little while. Yeah. This whole idea that, you know, of validating a woman's pain in motherhood, there's a real pain that comes with being a mom, and it's grief-worthy, taking time to grieve that, not moving too fast through that. But, you know, we only have a few minutes, <laughs> and, you know, I think this woman ultimately needs more than just my words of sympathy. She needs more than just platitudes. She needs the gospel hope and comfort that God offers in his word. And, um, you know, when we're talking about gospel hope, we're talking about a hope that is more than just wishful thinking. It's hope that's grounded in the faithfulness of God who made all these promises to us. And then he kept his promises in Christ. And because he's kept his promises in Christ, we can have a real solid hope that he will continue to fulfill his promises in our lives to the very end. And the comfort that God offers, it's not just a cup of something warm to drink as much as I enjoy that. It's not just a cozy blanket um, that keeps us warm in the winter. Uh, The word comfort, I believe, comes from Latin, and you hear like the word fort in it. And you can picture people gathering together at a fort to support and strengthen one another. And the comfort that God offers in his word is this kind of comfort. It's a strengthening and encouraging comfort. And if I had to put the crux of what I'm trying to give women in this book, um, if I were to put that into words, I think it would be, you know, in as gently a manner as possible with as much nuance as possible to individual scenarios, which vary and are so difficult. You know, I think of all the people, the women you mentioned, I think of, you know, the one with the wayward child, the estranged child, the woman who's walked through multiple miscarriages, the woman who's facing secondary infertility, the woman whose child, you know, maybe she's waiting for a diagnosis and there are just so many questions and unknowns right now. Maybe the foster mom who's not sure if she's going to be able to adopt this child or if it's he or she's going to go to another family. There are so many different scenarios in motherhood, I think it would be to come alongside 
with that strengthening and encouraging kind of comfort and say, I know your problems are real. I know they really hurt, but God really is still good. He still loves you. He still cares about you. And what you need more than anything else, what I need more than anything else, even when I feel like I just want health for my kids, or I just want some kind of certain future, whatever it is, I really think I want what I really need. And what I think um, we as moms need is we need not just to have our problems you know, fixed somehow, but it's to have a bigger view of God, a bigger view of how great he is, how sovereign he is. You know, my mind's running to Bible characters like Job, who, you know, God talks about all, you know, he answers Job's questions with these big, grandiose descriptions of all the creatures God's created and the ways he takes care of them. I'm thinking of, um, you know, examples of other characters like Joseph and Daniel and, you know, you think of women examples. I think of Hannah. I think of um, Elizabeth in the New Testament. These different um, people who walk through hard things, but it led them to a bigger view of God and his greatness and his goodness and his wisdom, his sufficiency, his faithfulness, his enoughness for all these things that we carry and are facing right now. God really is big enough. He's bigger. He's strong enough. And you can trust him. Such a good word. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for writing this book. One of the things I really loved about the book is that the chapters were so short. I think sometimes, (laughs) you know, especially if we're a mom that has, you know, a lot of things going on to just have a very simple thing to sit down and be able to just read a short chapter that reminds us and points us to Jesus. And so this book, I would highly recommend it. I have just been so encouraged through it. Katie, thank you so much for writing it. The title again is God is Still Good, Gospel Hope and Comfort for the Unexpected Sorrows of Motherhood. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.